Good morning and welcome to Wednesday morning, March the 23rd in 2022 on When I Rise. Today we're in year C. This is the fourth Sunday of Lent. And on the Wednesday of the week, we like to take a look at one of the extra texts that we find in this week from the Revised Common Lectionary. Well, on Friday this week, it's actually a one-day uh, observance of a holiday called the Annunciation of the Lord. So instead of taking the gospel passage uh, on Friday, we're actually going to take it today. So we're going to be in Luke chapter 15, verses 1 through 3, and then 11 through 32. This is going to be a well-known story for all of us this morning. So let me read that passage, provide a couple points for reflection, and then we'll spend our time praying along the theme that we find there. Thanks for making us part of your morning on When I Rise. Let's allow our souls to rise, meet God together in a time of prayer. Luke chapter 15, verses 1 through 3, and then 11 through 32. Now all the tax collectors and sinners were coming to hear him. The Pharisees and the experts in the law were complaining, This man welcomes sinners and he eats with them. So Jesus told them this parable. Then Jesus said, A man had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the estate that will belong to me. So he divided his assets between them. After a few days, the younger son gathered together all he had and left on a journey to a distant country, and there he squandered his wealth with a wild lifestyle. Then after he had spent everything, a severe famine took place in that country, and he began to be in need. So he went and worked for one of the citizens of that country, who sent him to the field to feed pigs. He was longing to eat the carob pods the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. And when he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired workers have enough food to spare? Here I am dying from hunger. I will get up and go to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me like one of your hired workers. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way from home, his father saw him and his heart went out to him. He ran and hugged his son and he kissed him. Then he said to his son, Father, then his son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his slaves, Hurry, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let us eat and celebrate, because this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Now his older son was in the field. And he came and he approached the house. He heard the music and dancing. So he called one of the slaves and asked what was happening. The slave replied, Your brother has returned and your father has killed the fattened calf because he got his son back safe and sound. But the older son became angry and refused to go in. His father came out and appealed to him. But as he answered his father, Look, these many years I have worked like a slave for you. I've never disobeyed your commands. Yet you never gave me even a goat so that I could celebrate with my friends. But when his, this son of yours came back, who has devoured your assets with prostitutes, you killed the fattened calf for him? Then his father said to him, Son, you are always with me, and everything that belongs to me is yours. It was appropriate to celebrate and be glad, for your brother was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. This is the word of God for us. The 
parable of the prodigal son is probably the most well-known tale of Jesus. Maybe uh, the only one that rivals it is the parable of the Good Samaritan. But all other parables seem to not have the limelight like these two. And they, what's so fun about them is that they're unique only to the Gospel of Luke. They're not repeated in any other places. But the theme of the prodigal son is definitely scattered throughout the teaching ministry of Jesus. What's interesting is that uh, Jesus tells this parable in response to a criticism that he's received from the tax collectors and the sorry uh, um, from the teachers of the law because of his friendship with tax collectors and sinners. This is actually the third of three parables that he tells in uh, succession to one another. Remember the first one: hundred sheep and one gets lost, and the shepherd tra- tracks down that one lost sheep and throws a party. In the second story, there's a woman with ten coins. She loses one. She sweeps her house. She finds it. She invites all of her friends to have a party because of the recovery. And then Jesus tells a story about two sons. I mean, with two sons, and one of them goes away. And once his son returns, he throws a party. So we have this theme of something is lost. Once it's retrieved, a party is thrown. Uh, to celebrate it, right? And you see this descending number of things, 100 sheep, 10 coins, two sons, right? So there seems to be some sort of a rhyme or reason, an arithmetic perhaps, to how these stories are designed. I think one of the things in this well-known tale that often goes unlooked is how um, this older son, as he goes away, he's got this dream, he's got this plan, and he wastes all of his money, and he's in a field, and he is at the lowest of lows where he can't even get the food that pigs eat. I mean, if you've been around pigs, like you can feed them just about anything and they'll probably eat it, right? They won't even know any better until after it's all said and done. This guy comes to his senses and he's rehearsing this speech all the way back home. And he wants to give his father a rationale not to receive him as a son again because this son has no inheritance to repay him, right? Like, so he's taken from his father perhaps what would happen in this world is if you give it all back then maybe you get your spot back at the table right he doesn't have anything so he wants to appeal for a job and as he's given his father his rehearsed speech the moment when the son knew that he could face his father again father stops him and instead of giving his son a job he gives him a family again and i think that's one of the most heart warming things about this whole story is that This uh, son went back home in shame and disgrace, and he went looking for a job, something to maybe earn and to get into his father's good graces again. But he didn't have to do anything. Uh, Just because he came back home, he was uh, brought into the family. Now you contrast that with the older son who has looked at his spot in the family only as like slave labor. He says, I've worked like a slave for you all this time. You never even given my friends a goat something with just a fraction of the amount of party meat like the fattened calf would have. And uh, this father says, you've got it all wrong. Like you, Sure, you've been in close proximity with me. Yes, you've done the things you're supposed to do, but you've missed the whole thing entirely. This thing is not about earning. This is about belonging, right? So you have this one son who stumbles into a truth because he has the guts to face his father and to own his sin. And then you've got this older son who justifies himself, maybe to try to get more than what he has because it hasn't dawned upon him all the riches that he already has. Perhaps this is what it is, a window into the economy of grace. You can only have access to the goods of the economy of grace when we know that we're bankrupt and we know that uh, we, we don't belong here, but that's when we're surprised. That's when it turns on us in the most delightful way. We find that we're more accepted than we could ever have imagined. 
But if we try to like earn, if we try to make things on our own terms or to fill the blanks in on our own account, our own intellect, our own uh, projections, then we're going to miss it entirely because we haven't learned the most basic rule, which is if we're going to go into the kingdom, we got to enter and we have to receive, which are both responses to something that God has already done. I think that should be a heartwarming message for us today, that there's nothing that we have to do to get into this family. God has already been pursuing us. And so what's critical for us more than anything else is to choose to identify with this God and learn how to receive and to enter and to enjoy and have a great delight in all the things that the Father has for us. So with that in mind, let's spend some time praying to our God this morning. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we confess today that we're in your debt, that you're not in our debt. Uh, You're the God who's gracious and kind and who is holy. And uh, this world is yours and everything that's in it. You hold us together by your words. You know the end from the very beginning. And so we know that we are in your care and that we're in your world. God, we confess to you that oftentimes, like we've tried to like take things on our own, project on our own, and uh, perhaps we've even tried to suggest that um, we don't need you as much as we think we do. And so for that, God, we ask that you would forgive us and cleanse us and that you would uh, teach us, teach us your ways so that we could fall deeper and deeper in love with you. Uh, I think one of the surprises, God, we confess to you is just how kind and just how benevolent and generous you are. And it catches us off guard. Uh, we, we confess to you at times we think it might be too good to be true that you could be this good. And so God, forgive us when we have uh, held your your generosity towards us at arm's length. Allow us to embrace you once more, to be responsive, not uh, trying to create something out of nothing on our own. May we enter and may we receive and may we enjoy the depth of the life that you desire for all of us. So God be with us today, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.